Hey guys, I know the life of an actor can be busy. Today, in just editing this episode, I've had to record a self-tape for a voiceover audition. I also have to start memorizing lines for a theater show that is later this weekend, and I might have an audition come up between now and then. The life of an actor in this town can be so hectic, so busy. And during all of that, I need to have a website that reflects me and my brand and is something that I can show to casting agents and directors. Well, radportfolios.com is a company that was built by actors for actors. They will create you an amazing website that captures you, your brand, and they do it for a monthly fee of $99. But there's a startup cost. Well, they are offering our listeners today a 50% discount off of the startup cost. Use our code word HUSTLE, H-U-S-T-L-E, to get 50% off of the startup cost. That way you can have an amazing and incredible looking website that you can show off in your next meeting with an agent or if you're meeting with a casting director, you can tweet out to the world, hey guys, check out my brand new website. Everyone will want to go check out your work because it will look amazing and it will represent you. So keep on auditioning, keep working on those lines and know that you're taken care of by Rad Portfolios. So you can get back to getting booked. My name is Michael Kostroff, and I am an actor, a teacher, a writer, a director, an audition coach, a guy with a lot of hats, and I am The Hustle. Welcome to episode 80 of the Hollywood Hustle podcast, a weekly show inspiring artists and entrepreneurs all over the world with the struggles of those hustling towards success. I'm your co-host, Michael Lutheran, and I am so grateful and happy that you're joining us this week as we sit down with actor, author, and audition coach, Michael Kostroff. Michael's career is the epitome of the common phrase, hey, I know that guy, because he's done so much work as a character actor. Now, before we get to the interview, I want to make sure that you are keeping up with the hustle by following us on social media. On Instagram, we're at Hollywood Hustle Podcast, and we're also on Twitter, at LA Hustlecast. Daniel, our executive producer and host, runs our social media like a boss and shares so much great content to inspire you, to teach you, and connect with you. One of the new things that he's been doing on Instagram is celebrating listeners' small victories every week, the day-to-day accomplishments that are made to get you closer to your career. We've also switched our podcast host over to Anchor FM, which has already expanded our reach to new listeners. We're now on Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and so many others. Make sure that you're keeping up with the hustle by subscribing to whatever platform you're listening to us on. That way you can download our episodes as soon as they are posted so you never miss out. Anchor FM also allows listeners to donate to their favorite podcast, which is pretty cool. So if you're tuning in and would like to contribute to the production of this show, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Of course, the best way to ensure that this show continues to grow is by you, our League of Hustle, to share our episodes with your communities and by giving us a rating and review on iTunes. If you have any questions about the show or a topic we discuss with our guests, you can always reach us via email at hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. 
Our interview with Michael Kostroff goes over his 50 years of work from theater to television to film. Most notably, his experience playing Maurice Levy on HBO's The Wire. We also discuss his published works as an author, including Letters from Backstage, a book based on his time on the first national tour of the producers, and we discuss his game-changing workshop, Audition Psych 101. And the key to it all? Well, you'll find out when he shares his theory of being anti-hustle, quote-unquote. So we begin with Michael talking about his move from New York to Los Angeles in 1990, well into his 30s, and the catalyst for why he moved was perhaps not the most glamorous of reasons. Very simple. It's unemployment. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I'm a born and bred New Yorker. I love my city. And I was doing um, the hustle. There <laughs> we go. I said we the secret word. I was, yeah. you know, it's funny. I, I always say when I, when I started waiting tables, I was like, oh, now I'm an actor. <laughs> now I'm an actor. <laughs> now, let the hustle begin. Um, but it, it's such a tradition. I was kind of proud of it. So I was doing what actors do. I was auditioning. I was without an agent. I was doing occasional theater for free and very excited to get those gigs because, you know. I, I, and and one day I looked at this. It was an ad for some some class, some 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 one of these companies that does classes, and they listed all the TV shows that are shot in New York, and there were seven, and all the ones that are shot in LA, and there were 140. <laughs> and I went. Yeah, I, I, if things are still this slow in a year, I'm going to move to L.A. And that, that was the catalyst. And, I, and I, I just was like, OK, I have I am barely ever being paid for acting here. And I, I was doing Murder Mystery Weekend and a couple of things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I just decided to 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 make the move, not knowing what I was going to do. You know, right. Wow. It's it, it's such a it's such a m- moment to say I'm moving ac- across the country. It's huge. I am moving so far away from home. Um, how did your parents feel when you said you were moving all the way over here? Okay, so here, here's the thing that you're, you're pro- you may or may not want to include on your podcast is that I've been estranged from my parents for a good chunk of my life. Oh wow! Oh wow! Uh, very happily, so it was one of the best things I ever did for myself. Mm. Uh, so I'm tr- I I don't remember if I was I'm trying to go in my was I still in touch with them back then? Because mm-hmm. when I moved here in '90, you know, I'm an old guy, so I was already an adult. I was I was in my 30s. Mm. I think okay. I was 30 or so. Mm-hmm. So something like that. So uh, it wasn't like I had to check with them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, or get a sign off. But I, I, yeah, I don't really remember. And did you save up funds or anything? Or did you just, you know, you know what? Today I'm buying the ticket and then I'm leaving tomorrow. I must have saved up funds. I, 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 I remember being really terrified and not knowing what it was going to look like to be out here. Right. And um, I don't remember. It feels like a long time ago, and it feels it feels like it was very crazy and brave at the time. You know how that is, right? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you don't don't know what's going to happen. And and indeed, I didn't come here and, and launch a career. Mm-hmm. I came here and tempt and lived, you know, very frugally. And I was a very late bloomer in my career. So I see. And so, so when you were in Los Angeles, you said you were doing temp jobs and everything like that. Were what? Was there anything you were trying to do, like get an agent or anything like that? How how soon did that stuff start happening for you? Yeah, I was trying to get an agent and I didn't know how. Um, <laughs> you know, I did some of those pay to plays and I found them so offensive and improper that I, I decided not to do them anymore. And real quick, can you just uh, for yeah. in case for our audience who don't know what pay to play right. are, could you just ex- describe that? Very controversial topic there. Are, you know, uh, there are quote unquote workshops that are set up really so that actors can meet casting directors and agents. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I always am quick to add, there are some very legitimate classes that are taught by casting directors and Absolutely. agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I know several of them. They're actually teaching something. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are just a thinly veiled opportunity to meet, uh, I f- find completely unethical and actually illegal. And I just, I've been a vocal opponent of them for a long time. Although many people feel it's um, a necessary evil, I feel like, yes, but at what cost, what kind of career do you want to have? Mm-hmm. Right, you know? right. Um, so, but that's a whole other rabbit trail. We don't have to go down. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I, you know, I did a couple of them and I didn't, I did, you know, I, it's, I'm trying to reconstruct stuff that feels like such distant memories now. Right. But it's, it's, it's important for people who are doing the same thing. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, I, a, it's important to know that like, yeah, you might move here and you'll be working random jobs and stuff for a course. while. And you would, you imagine that when you move down here, it's going to automatically start. For well, you. Th- th- something added to that for me because New Yorkers, we are so about action. Right. We're like, we're like, what are we doing? Let's get going. I, I've uh, been here a day. What are we doing? <laughs> I know that's you the missed one that. Thing, that's the one thing I love about. That's one of the few, one of the many things, not few. One of the many things I love about New York is yeah. they people have a place to be. We're like, yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Let's <laughs> let's do it. What what would you say is like over other? You know, obviously taking action. What are some other things you found different between L.A. and New York? Okay, this is people will get mad for what I what I say, but I, I I do think there's some truth to the cliche that people are flaky and false because I did have a lot of people say, oh, definitely, definitely, and in New York, definitely means um, definitely. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. a we have a very linear definition for that word, and here definitely is just I'm emphatically saying, you know, good to see you. <laughs> you <know? Yeah. laughs> right. so, maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Right. Now, yeah. I, I say LA, in LA, all plans are theoretical. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, and again, I'm sorry for people that I offend. LA was very good, good to me ultimately, but that, that was frustrating and it was a culture shock. And, and just that, you know, th- that no rush to, to get anything done. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, that's just how it was, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, I came out for a six month experiment and then was there for 20 years. Right. You know. Eventually, I started to get a little bit of work, and a little, you know, the carrot at the end of the stick, and you know, then sure. And so, can you talk about that moment that when the trajectory actually started happening for you? What was going on uh, to make that happen? You know, I always say this to young, to young or beginning actors that you think it's this straight slanted line, but it's like a, it's like a. What is it? Like an like EKG chart or something. Yeah. It's like yeah. one of those, it's a, one of those toys you see in every doctor's office where it has the little wooden knobs that go all over the little ride and it's, 100%. there's different colored rails and stuff like that. I think people need to know that because they're like, what was your big break? I'm like, I don't have an answer for that question. So, you know, I came out here and because some I had a contact, I got signed with a great agency and six months later they dro- dropped me because I didn't book anything. So, you know, then I was without one and I've had lousy agents who had no clout and couldn't do anything and and you know, I had one manager who used to, you know, when I was working, come to the set and hit on girls. I'm like, you cannot represent me. Sorry. Mm. So so it's been a lot of up and down. Um, I don't remember when I first started to actually book things, but they were very small sure. parts, which is great, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine, you know, and appropriate. And um, I always pause here because I feel like I don't have really interesting stories about this. I just kind of. I always think of, I think Dustin Hoffman at one point said, I just refuse to go away. <laughs> I think that's more my, my approach. It's like, well, this is what I do. So I'm, I'm going to just, I'm here. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's funny because when I would book a, book a little job, all my friends would say, hey, you know, this is it. You're on your way. I'm like, we'll see. I, I, mm. You know, a job does not mean you're on your way. A job means you got a job. Right. Yeah. I guess they just started to get more, more, 
more frequent, but at first they were, you know, miles in between each mm-hmm. job. And then I remember many years later, many years later, probably 15 years later going, oh, I don't have to have a day job. It was monumental. <laughs> like I was suddenly I'd strung together enough work that I'm like, I'm making my living as an actor. That's enormous. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. huge. Oh, I'm sure. Like nobody does that. Yeah. You yeah. know? No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Did you celebrate? Did you? Did you? No, because you know why? Because we're always, always so fearful. Always like, it's not gonna last. It's a, it'll last today. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna last. Don't I'm be silly. Next week I'll need yeah. a. I mean, this week job. I'm making my living. <laughs> yeah, this month I can pay my rent. We'll see about next right. month. So I know, like you know, like you said, it's been a while. So in the sense of kind of looking back and where you are now, um, we we have a few things here. I just want to see how maybe for you and the business they've changed mm. since you started here and since you know where you are now. Um, how, how much have, you know, the, the look and the style of headshots changed? Oh, they've changed completely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I go way back to composites. (laughs) (laughs) They were so funny, especially in commercials. You had like, I had like my, my nerd shot and my like, you know, (laughs) young dad shot and all these things. Uh, well, and it's, yeah. And and then we had the three quarters with the sloppy border phase Mm -hmm. and they've changed a lot. They were glossy back way back when Mm -hmm. you had to have glossies, Mm -hmm. which really look dumb now. (laughs) It's funny. Do you have any of your old headshots? Someplace I do. Uh, Somewhere in a dark storage. I think I still have one where I had hair, which is pretty, you know, uh, and uh, and a a loosened tie and a jacket with rolled up sleeves. So Mm -hmm. that tells you it was the 80s sometime. Yeah. (laughs) I'm relaxed, but I'm also cool. I'm also cool, yeah. <laughs> but then, of course, like in terms of auditions and stuff, everything now, I, at least I see, is a lot of self-tapes. A lot of self-tapes. Even more and more. Not not even like you you get to go and meet them at first or anything. It's like, nope, self-tape, maybe another self-tape. Yeah. Then possibly meet them. I've never had to do two self-tapes, but I've, I've, I've done self-tapes. And, and it's, you know, I think like everybody, I wrestle with it a little bit. Uh, but I'm really at this place where I'm like, it's here to stay. Mm-hmm. You got to make friends with it now. Yeah, with you know. so with so much content that's now available, people don't have the time or space or maybe money to book right. a studio to hold auditions. But I would always rather go in. I yeah, feel like we're too. missing part of the process. I had an audition yesterday and I got adjustments and adjustments. That was great. You know, mm-hmm. we're, you're like it's like being in rehearsal, right? Yeah. Well, I remember on one of the Inside Acting podcast interviews you did. I think y'all talked about self taping a little bit, and something you said which really struck with me is that you don't get to build that relationship with them as as well right. because you're not in person you're not meeting them you're not talking to right. them in person and that's i feel the same way when it comes to any kind of like just looking for a job where everything's online now and it's like i can't go in and meet them and they don't know me all they know is these keywords in a resume and, and i think it's even worse for you as a writer that's even more frustrating yeah. because it's like you're not getting any sense of right. personality yeah and absolutely but i think a word that you also used was an essence like you don't get to see the person's essence yeah. in the mm-hmm. room like there's you you can only do so much when you're all you can say is hi my name is Michael Lutheran I'm five foot six uh, this is my representation and then fade to black and then you start the scene. Well, I'll I'll say two things about this that I've have found to be very philosophically important. It's a complete waste of time to rail against and be frustrated by things that are not going to change, and I, I I've seen actors just eat themselves up inside because of things that are permanent elements of our business, like the fact that it's unfair, that it's inconsistent. And the same applies to self-tapes. We can sit around all day saying mm-hmm. why we don't like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think all of us at this table would rather go in, you know. Yeah. But if that's not the case, don't waste your time, you know, 
being frustrated about it. Yeah. It's just what it is. Uh, and so we have to embrace it. And the other thing that I find really important is I always attribute to casting people the ability to know how they want to do their job. Mm-hmm. So if they say that seeing you on tape is enough, it's enough. Mm-hmm. If they mm-hmm. say that this little breakdown that we sent you is enough, it's enough. Yeah. You know, the mental shift I made about it was that, oh, wow, you're giving me the opportunity yeah. to take as many takes as I need to, right. to, to shape this performance as much as I need to, to feel relaxed and stuff. That's great. Yeah. And I think we, actors, uh, we are, we have an obsession with how, how should I get this right? What's the right way to do it? Uh, what do they want? And, we, and I think part of it is that we feel if we go in the room, they'll say, okay, yeah, but do it this way, do it this way. And, and we're looking for this magical read, this magical take on something. Yeah, the switch. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is it. This is the, this is the approach. And I, I really am all about, uh, like, um, we need to feel empowered to be the, uh, the artists and go, I'm doing it this way. Somebody's going to decide whether they want it that way or not, but I'm doing it this way. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I've also found that typically the auditions that I go in and think like, oh, wow, I didn't get that at all. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't dialed in. I, I, the casting director looked upset with every choice that I gave them. Yes. That's the thing that I book. Yes. We are the worst at, ass- at assessing ourselves and we have to step down from that job fast because mm. we're completely wrong. I had one, I mean, I have a million stories, but I had one where it was for Charmed and I was playing a bank manager and I was the first one in because I had an appointment. So I go in, I read, and after I read, the assistant comes out into the waiting room and says, bank managers, please don't do this, this, and this, which all the things I did. You're uh, supposed to be this and not this. The casting people had sent her out to tell the actors, please, this is, you know, and she was sort of snippy about it. And I booked it. There you go. <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> makes no sense at all. This, I don't think this business at all no. makes sense. Any, any we have to stop trying, trying to think it will. <laughs> and I, you know, when I got the call, I said to my agent, no, that's, that's a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't like me. It's like, I'm not going to call them and tell them that. You know? <laughs> no. Would you like me to tell them that, Michael? Would right. you like me to tell them they made a mistake? Yeah. I, I feel like nowadays with everything, especially I know how much you do with workshops and and yes. the, the work that you put in and uh, and uh, being on uh, the 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 Deuce, yes, yeah, on uh, HBO. Uh, how do you schedule it all? What is your what is what is your uh, uh, way of scheduling your work and your hustle that you put okay. together? Well, it's important for me to say I'm not as busy as I look from the outside. <laughs> I shouldn't say this publicly, but I do. You know, you heard it here first. People, Michael Kostroff, not as busy as people he seems. say. Oh, you work all the time, and I, I, I'm sitting in my house, depressed, going, "What am I going to do with my well, day?" You said you on know, IAP, like people will see me on TV and be like, "Oh, you're working." Is like I filmed that six months ago. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, so I. I'm not negating that I have a really great career and mm. I'm so grateful for it. And I do make my living as an actor. And it's still amazing to say that mind blowing, mm-hmm. but it's not like I'm sitting around <laughs> going, what am I going to do? I've got so many offers, you know, I can't get coffee. Right. I'm just blo- right. I'm blocked out. But the other thing is, you know, I, I do, I do a lot of other things as you know, I teach mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, and I have learned to just go ahead and schedule mm-hmm. because there's a disproportion between the amount of worrying I've done about scheduling conflicts and the times that are actually have been scheduling conflicts. You know, I always laugh at myself because I'm like, oh, oh no, if I book that job, I'm going to have to change this. I'm like, 
Nobody's offered you that job. Calm down. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've, there's been so many times where I've caught myself like getting stressed. Like I'm thinking of submitting for a thing, but right. it's like, oh, maybe if it's filming during this time, I don't know if I could do right. it. Would I be able to right. take the time off? I'm gonna, am I going to be away at my honeymoon or something like right. that? It's Michael, like, the audition's not till tomorrow. Right. Oh, gotcha. Or, or, <laughs> or, I, or I'd have to drop out of this play I just said. I do. It's like, good luck. Yes. Not, chances are this conflict will never happen. Very rarely have I had to cancel a class that I scheduled or, you know, I mean, plans, obviously, because we all right. know that we're going to have to cancel plans with each other. But um, mm-hmm. I hey guys, I have to leave this interview right now. Right. And uh, so I have I I'm I've tried to learn to just go ahead and say, yes, let's make that plan. Yes, mm-hmm. let's do that thing. Because you don't want your whole life to pass you by while you're waiting for an audition that might happen, mm. you know, or a job that might happen. I think, I don't know if New York is this way, but I know with Los Angeles, there is this, uh, at least for actors, this kind of stigma of like, you never want to book, you know, travel. You never want to leave the city because that's when you'll get the audition or whatever. That's it's, why you book travel. But that's why you book travel. I had the biggest audition of my life. My, my wife and I were in the Dominican Republic at a wedding. and after, I spent my honeymoon. Yeah. After the wedding, you know, we were hanging out, you know, we were going to drift off to sleep 11 o'clock at night. I had agents and managers on both coasts on the phone with me. I'm in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> They're like, so when are you coming back? I said, well, we're flying back Monday. They said, no, you're not, because on Monday you're going to be testing for a series in L.A. We made it happen. Right. You know, we made it happen. Yeah. yeah. You know, but that, listen, uh, this, I came out to L.A. Uh, we haven't gotten to this yet uh, this fall just to shake things up. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I want to I want to. You know, I've been on a lot of the New York TV shows. I want to sort of plant some seeds out here. I've been back to New York four times since since coming out here <laughs> right. to L.A. I, recently. L.A. Wow. I've not been busy here in L.A. I was like, oh, L.A. is going to be so excited. I'm here. I'm going to be I have all these auditions. Not at all. I've been back to New York four times. Mm. My agents here haven't had a chance to wow. get me out. So you, wow. you, you can't plan. Anything. I mean, right. you can't you can't. Yeah, I, you can't obsess about planning. Right. I, I, I had a moment of like, like being grouchy about it. I'm like, oh, shut up. You have the career that you want. You're, you know, New York is calling. you got to get on a plane and go back to work. So you just said like New York is calling, right? So right. when did you make that shift then to go back to New York after I, living in LA for 20 years? I will say that my decisions don't always make sense. <laughs> I think I get a little bit restless sometimes. I So I was in LA, great TV career, great house. I never thought I would own a house. I'm in this beautiful house. I'm washing my dishes one day. I went, yeah, it's time to go home. Mm. And I, I can't, I can't even stand behind that decision. I just was like, ah, I went, now I got to do something else. <laughs> but every time I'd gone back to New York, you know, you're, it's my hometown, and I would go, oh, 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 I love. It. I was like, you're a grown up. You can go back. You know. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I went back thinking I might be driving an Uber. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. You know, uh, I, I thought, I don't know. I might have to you know, get a, get an office job. And mm. that was not the case at all. Oh, I wow. started booking TV right away. And yes. it's like really fortunate. And um, I've loved being back. It's, you know, it's a, it's a city that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, w- did you notice any major differences that how New York had changed in the time that you had been away? Not really, because when I was there last, I was not involved. In I mean, I was, <laughs> there were seven TV shows. filming. I, yeah. Well, I had my face pressed up against the glass. I mean, right. you know, I, I wasn't it wasn't like I was really in. Yeah, the picture of anything. Right. Now I get to come back as oh that guy on TV. Oh sure, we'll see him. You know now I have a really good agent. So it was a very different transition. Very so, different. You know, I, one of the things uh, again I keep bringing up. Uh, you know, uh, 
your interview with IAP kind of really kind of, kind of gave me an idea of uh, it makes sense. The idea of you going, it's time to move back. Cause you seem very much like a go with the universe kind of person. When, when you, you feel those emotions, you're connected yeah. and you just kind of like, I'm going to let this world take me where it needs to go in a I lot think of ways. So I don't, I don't have a, I don't really have a, like a, a philosophy in place about right. that, but I do know that I get, I think it's an artist thing. I think we always want to do the next thing and the next thing and the next, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is why, like, I, I never thought I would ever leave a Broadway tour. Right. Like, how, how could you? It's the it's a dream job. I love that job. Mm-hmm. But after a year, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm saying on stage anymore. I don't even, I, I got to do the next thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I actually quit a full-time acting job, which is mm-hmm. crazy. But. Let's close it up, Mike. He's, he's, this is not, any of this is, <laughs> he's not reliable. Well, well, just before we started recording and everything, you had mentioned like, oh, I don't know, like, you know, there's the, about the word hustle, right? And right. how you're very much anti-hustle. Uh, can you kind of speak into that a sure. little bit? I, okay, so I have never been much of a schmoozer mm. or a contact maker or a networker. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe I'm an example of the fact that there are different, lots of different ways of doing whatever we do. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that people from the outside say, oh, you're you're entrepreneurial. You're always starting something. But I don't feel like that from the inside. Like I started teaching my, my classes because somebody made me. They said, you've got to teach this thing. You teach about auditioning. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? And somebody made me write. And I fell accidentally into a directing job. And all these... And somebody made me coach them. You know, <laughs> It's very accidental. A lot of things are accidental for me. And I don't feel that I... Um, calculate or strategize mm-hmm. at all in my mm-hmm. career um i work you anybody who's taken my class knows i have very counterintuitive philosophies i work with a a, a low bar mm-hmm. low expectations mm-hmm. and i i feel this is why i still geek out and feel lucky to be a working actor at all because i'm like what you know it's i expected so much less so i um i don't i don't feel that i hustle I don't feel that I hustle at all. I feel that that my agent does that for me, you know, mm-hmm. and I just, you just be you. I just be me. And, and maybe it's, listen, it may not be the smartest approach. I, maybe I'm lazy uh, or sh- I, I know I'm shy. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely shy. I'm not like, I'm not like, you know, if, if I see some famous filmmaker or, or casting director out somewhere, I'm not going, I'm not walking up to them. Yeah. You know, I'm hey, just, it's me. Right. Cast me in your next picture. I'm not doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, when I think of hustle, I think of people who are like, you know, there are uh, actors who are just starting out who make sure they have their their picture and resume with them when they're at a party or their their (laughs) business card. I'm like, Mm -hmm. nobody wants that. Yeah. Yeah. It's I I really like to think in terms of what's effective. Mm -hmm. I really am a freak for that. Like I realized at a certain point that blind mailings made me feel like I was doing something. But then I thought about if I were the casting director or the agent and I'm getting a stack of manila envelopes. This is back when we did mail. <laughs> Look it up in the history books. Postage. <laughs> Postage. It, it's, it's, is that M-A-I-L? Yes, M-A-I-L <laughs> without an E before it. And yeah, some, have, have your grandparents explain it to your kids. Um, and, uh, I took uh, it on ponies. But uh, let's say again. Uh, <laughs> on ponies, took Pony yeah. Express. Yeah, yeah, Pony Express, ponies. yeah. Or a pigeon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we had these stone tablets. <laughs> Um, it takes so long to write one so sentence. So long. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes they don't even get open. A lot of stops. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I thought about like being the person who gets this big stack of pictures from people who, you know, aspiring actors. I'm like, I'm not interested in that stack. So I stopped sending them. I, I just really like to think in terms of what's effective. I also know that I, I'm 
I don't, I'm not comfortable schmoozing or being schmoozed. Mm-hmm. It's creepy. And so I do the opposite and just kind of stay away. But, um, I, I mean, I, I, if there's any hustle, it would be, I always tried to do what was available to me. So like if non-paying theater was what was available to me, mm-hmm. I went out and did it because I wanted to keep doing my thing. But that in the sense is hustle. Hustle, like you said, hustle is that term means whatever it is for you. I think it's right. a term that fits you. If your hustle was taking whatever job was available that you, you so you could act yeah. and you're just doing the work. Right. That's hustling, man. And, it, so. and it's also, I think, being in touch with yourself. You just had this moment of clarity of like after living here for 20 years and, yes. and having a very successful television career, I'm going to go back to New York. Right. Or after being on tour for over a year, having the wherewithal to be like, I'm moving on to the next thing. Yeah. And I, and I think Maybe that, that's, I, you know, it's funny cause I get itchy, but at the word, yeah. just like I get itchy at the word networking, but we do network. I used to write the advice column for backstage mm-hmm. and my, uh, we, I alternated with Jackie Apodaca, who was a great, you know, she was the columnist much longer than I was. And she had a great take on networking. She said, you know, we think of it as icky, but she said, you know, if you, happen to really make friends with somebody and you want to hang out with them and they're in the same business, guess what? You're networking. You're just not doing it in a sleazy, manipulative way. And that's something we've always said on our show is try to make actual, honest relationship with people. Organically. Not just, yeah. not just oh, so you're a casting producer? Exactly. Yeah. Here's my resume. But actually be like, hey, you want to go bowling sometime? Like actually right. build sincere relationships. Yeah. I mean, I've even gone to some like of those pay to play workshops and it would be interesting when like actors would like stand up and say, oh, so Mr. Casting Director, Mrs. Casting Director, like what's your favorite, uh, what, what's your favorite uh, sport that you like to go to? Or like they're trying to fish for things so that they can send them gift cards or whatever. And it, it was just like so forced and uncomfortable. It has taken me a really long time. I noted this yesterday at this audition that I went to. It's taken me a really long time, but I am, I'm really enjoying the fact that I can really truly have a normal conversation with casting people now. It's because I'm not trying to schmooze. You're them. not fishing. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I yeah. fall into a conversation. People are like, what are you supposed to say? I'm like, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. But if you can get to the place where you're just honestly normal and recognize that nothing you say is going to affect, oh, I'm going to call Michael in because he talked about New York and we're both from New York. <laughs> it's just, you know, we, we talked about New York because we wanted to talk about New York. Right. right. You know, that's a nice place to be. And it's more comfortable for the casting director, which is another part of my teaching is we have to think of ourselves as we, we take care of them instead of them taking care of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a, I, one of my many, many backwards teachings. It's interesting. I'm still I'm still sitting on this idea of, 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 of what my version of hustle is. And, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wandering into something that might uh, be obnoxious and piss people off. But I always feel like I get to be maybe a, a picture of what your next phase is because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a working actor, but I'm not a celeb, you know. Yeah. So I think part of it is knowing when, for example, it's time to stop doing co-stars. That's a scary spot when you're like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stop taking those one and two line parts, mm-hmm. which I built my whole resume on. So I'm not saying anything bad about them. Right. But we are constantly having to assess and reassess and accurately assess. Mm-hmm. You don't want to underrate yourself or overrate yourself. They're both big dangers in our business. Right. And it's one of, the, one of the things about our profession is we have to constantly be taking a really accurate look at where we're at. So right now, I'm, I have a, a wrestle that goes on 
between what's artistically fulfilling and what's career trajectory. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I used to always make sure to be available for pilot season. And now I laugh at that because I was with agents that weren't going to get me in for any pilots or I had no agent. And I thought, I'm just going to be in town for pilot season. And so I turned down theater (laughs) jobs. I'm like, oh, no, I can't take it. And it was really not a smart assessment of where I was at. And now my agents are going, no, you can't go on tour again because we're trying to get you a series. We're trying to get you a pilot. And it it now makes sense for me to take the gamble of, okay, I'm going to hang out in town because that could happen where I'm at. But but barely. I'm I'm barely in that pool. But sure. but I'm like, okay, I'm also at an age. I'm I'm getting close to 60 where I'm like, okay, I've never been on Broadway. It's really important to me. So I may need to hang out in New York and, you know, do that and 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 turn down some adventures, you know, mm-hmm. and not go off and do do a, you know, death of a salesman for $50 a week in Kansas, you know, <laughs> but I want to, my, the artistic side still wants to. So well, if you ever do, please let me know. I'll I go will. to Kansas. I'd love to Listen, see you in death of yes. a salesman. I'm sure it would be very good, but, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a version of, of the, the hustle is sort of having, maybe I'm finally developing some strategy. <laughs> <laughs> finally. After how many years? <laughs> I don't like it though. Yeah. That's it. Dicky. I, I don't, well, I don't like the, I don't like that it sort of tears me apart because I sometimes want to do things just because I love the play, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't pay anything and doesn't do anything. And now I'm sort of going, okay, at this point, it might be smart for me to go. What's, what's the trajectory? What's the right. career trajectory? That's a, so you, you have to find that moment of clarity of this is where I am in right. my profession. This is where, you know, what's the most important thing to me and what's the best way to get there. What's right. the best path to get there. Right. How do I maximize where I'm at? Yeah. I mean, I think in an early stage, it's do do that free theater. Mm-hmm. Do do that at, happily, you know. Right. Well, because that, that can also lead to more fun and creative and personal relationships with other actors or creatives. I'm huge on that. Yeah. I'm huge on that. I, I You know, I, I feel that one of the things that actors undervalue is the camaraderie of other actors. Mm-hmm. We like to help each other out. We like to look out for each other. We, you know, we give each other tips. We, you know. And, and I think those are much better contacts than the casting director that you paid to meet. As you've kind of gone up and as you've met other people, what is, I guess, what are your thoughts on how to support other artistic ventures and other people's creative ideas? Okay, so first of all, I, th- I think it's an important part of our tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much mystery in our business <laughs> that I think part of our sacred and a sacred obligation Mm -hmm. is to sort of reach back and share what you know, share what you've learned, light the path, as I say, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I must say that I rely heavily on my circle. I always call it the tribe. You know, Mm -hmm. I I, I love the show folk. I I feel like we support each other. We carry each other through a lot of stuff. I I like that while to some people, like, you know, I, I get recognized on the street and it's like, oh, it's that guy. My friends know what a geek I am and all the crap <laughs> that I go through. And they know your weirdness. They know yeah. my weirdness and, and that I don't feel fancy at all. You know, <laughs> and they, they, it, I'm just Michael to them. You know, it's right. just so, so good. So good. It's yeah. like it's like having it's a real family. Um, and I think that um, uh, that's the support. And I have to say one of my greatest pleasures and joys is. Uh, like I love coaching. I love it. I love teaching. I am so, I can't even tell you how humbled 
and moved and thrilled and privileged I feel when people go, oh, you helped me. Your class changed my approach to auditioning or that book. Oh, my God. And it's like, that's I can't believe I got to a point in my career where I know stuff that people want to know. And that is such an honor. And I, it's, I want to just go back because this connects a little bit with what we were talking about a minute ago, Absolutely. which is, I think, one of the most important things throughout your career is to not lose sight of what, what's, what makes you happy. And it sounds, that sounds so touchy-feely, but you can't survive in this career if it's just drive, 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 work, work, work. It's got to be moving forward because I find I really love the teaching and the coaching. And, I, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if I, you know, making a, a billion dollars from, from, you know, acting on TV. I still want to do that because I like it. So sometimes it, it's like sometimes people invite me to teach and there, there isn't any money for it. I'm like, I'm there. I love it. It's making me happy. And to keep keep feeding yourself with the, 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 the parts of the arts and the career that are maybe not ambitious, but maybe you like it. Yeah. I also feel like teaching or directing – in the few opportunities I've had to direct, I've learned so much more as an actor oh, yeah. through the process. As a coach, is, is there any particular moment where you learned something completely new in the moment while you were teaching someone? It, it happens constantly, and I don't know that I could cite one of those oh, right sure. now. But, but the, the, you know, when I coach, you know, my, my uh, class that I'm best known for, Audition Psych 101, is about the psychology of auditioning. So when I coach, I always end up talking to them about their nerves and how they're looking, at, thinking of themselves in terms of the approach to this. And my, what I love is they come in nervous about the audition and they leave excited to play the part for a minute, mm. you know, for three minutes, yeah. for whatever it is. Um, and so what's confirmed for me again and again through coaching is the we're not especially kind to ourselves, you know. Uh, the, the, the ways we just block ourselves unnecessarily uh, and, you know, do all this stuff to ourselves. It's just not, I, I think actors are amazing. Like I, I watch what we do and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, and we don't always appreciate it because there are so many of us, we don't think of ourselves as necessarily special. Right. Well, and I think also as actors, we, our roles are like we inhabit all of these other emotions yeah. and things like that. And when we don't have that, when sometimes maybe when you don't have that opportunity that you're working on, all of a sudden you have this, like, I'm not working on something. What's going on? Right. And that's when actors get stuck in their heads a little bit. Um, and, and that for me is like why it's so important to have people like Daniel in my life and like to meet other people like you, Michael, yeah. of like, okay, I'm not alone in that, but also to find ways of like kind of what you were talking about, like ease your hold on the steering wheel. Oh, yeah. A little bit, just kind of approach it with a sense of ease. Well, it's interesting. Like, you know, I, I'm always very frank because I feel like it helps people to know that, that other people go through it. You know, I, I've been doing a lot of sitting around here in L.A. It's not was not the plan, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But I was grateful that my manager sent me a, a list of like some of the conversations she's had with people. And it's like, oh, I'm not invisible. Something's going on out there. You know, it just doesn't feel like it because I don't have the appointments. But 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 it was like the Matrix. I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. She's actually talking to people. They're going, oh, we like Michael. He's just not right for this. I'm like, great. Love that. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Um, One of our uh, previous guests kind of likened it to you take a bunch of seeds and you throw them in the air and they yes. plant and then you're going to walk around and then you look at like, oh, there's something that I did years ago. But now it's this plant and it grew without me even thinking about yeah. it. And that's just something that we kind of have to think about as well as like 
as we move on, people will talk or know of our work and certain opportunities will come your way and you didn't even do anything towards it all the time. I mean, from now, now it happens to me all the time where I get, I'm like, I'm thinking, well, my career's over. And, <laughs> and then and, and during one of those times, I got an, somebody reached out on Facebook and said, uh, um, um, we're doing this thing at Carnegie Hall. Would you like to come sing? And I'm uh, like, well, yes, I would. What? Why would I say no? What just happened? <laughs> I'm going to be singing at Carnegie Hall. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I have to wait I'm, because I'm, I'm so waiting busy. for a commercial. I'm so busy. <laughs> I'm super busy right now. So busy. So just. Do you so want to come speak for? I've got Mr. a lot Obama? of. I've got a lot of Scrabble to play online. <laughs> I won't be able to do. It. I've almost no. I almost beat this guy. I'm so close to beating so this close. guy. I can't do it. No, but 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 I love the random things that drop out of the sky. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but but I think a lot of the key is what what can we do meanwhile? Right. You know, I I, I found that sometimes there were times that I was like, oh, I need a job. I need a job. And what I really needed was to get some friends together and read a play in my living room. And feed the artist part because right. you're like, ah, that's right. I'm good. I forgot. <laughs> you know? I forgot I can do that. Yeah. Uh, so let's. I wanted. To, I mentioned this earlier. And I want to go back to it. So you were on the, this national tour of the producers. Yes. What was the day to day like uh, being on a national tour? What was What was that? Can you kind of just go through that with I us? I can. And and I I wrote a book about it called Absolutely called Letters from Backstage. I, that's where I'm, so I'm going. Oh, we're plugging. That's where I'm going. See, I, told, I told you I'm bad at this stuff. <laughs> Terrible. It's, it's called a, it's called a soft transition. Well, this, this is the hustle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the hustle. You're doing it. We're making it, guys. Oh, shh. Okay. okay. Let's, let's take this okay. back. All right. Yeah, here yeah. Go. Uh, mm. So um, it was, uh, you know, first of all, I, I've always been a late bloomer all, all my life. So, you know, this was a lifelong dream to come true to be in a, a big Broadway musical. And like one of the biggest one of ever the biggest hit one of Broadway. And it was, um, you know... Oh my God! Well, it, it's it's so hard to describe it in, in in a nutshell because it was exciting and scary, and I, with my little low self esteem, kept thinking that I was you know the only new newbie in a group of seasoned, and it wasn't true at all. And, right. um, but I. I loved that I got to see these different cities. I'm sorry, you asked me the day to day, and I didn't answer you. <laughs> it was you know the day to day was. Uh, um, you know, I had understudy rehearsals a lot of times during the day, and then we'd go to the theater. But every city, we'd have to find our way around a new backstage. And they have these, you know, arrows pointing to your dressing room because you don't know where the hell you are. <laughs> right. When you're on stage, it looks exactly the same. And as they can the last be the city. smallest theater, but it's still a maze. Like, always, yeah. right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And you, you have to walk that because sometimes you have fast, fast changes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I got to know where the hell I'm going. And uh, one of the most amazing things was with the producers, we would get in a new city go on stage and the orchestra that was playing was a new orchestra. Mm. We had not rehearsed wow. with them. Wow. You know, we had the same pianist, drummer and conductor. Interesting. But everybody but else the musicians, wow, were performing it for the first time. That's crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah. Uh this it's a whole I mean this is why I wrote about it because it was so interesting. The the you know, we'd close in a city and they would start packing up the set and packing up the lights and put it into trucks and the trucks take off and they go set it up. And a few days later we were in a new city mm-hmm. with, you know, doing the show again. And, and you, you know, it's not like you rehearse in the new city. You just walk onto the set and you're doing it. Right. <laughs> it's just an amazing, uh, that's a whole, whole science and art form of the, of touring and, you know, yeah. putting it into a certain amount of trucks. I see you poised to ask me something. It's a dumb question. Good. <laughs> it That's makes, my favorite. Great. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm a big wrestling fan. I grew up as a wrestling fan, and they tour all over the world. And one of their like 
go-to eating spots is Waffle House. That's where like every city, oh. that's one of their go-to eating spots. So I was wondering like, was there like everywhere you guys went, did y'all try to find this like one spot to either hang out or get coffee or, you know, it was like a restaurant or something that you guys always looked there, for. Uh, there were, there, I think there were several of them. I mean, we always loved a PF Chang's. Mm. Mm. We, um, oh God, and I, I'm forgetting the name. I want to say maybe Palomino or something. There's some, some, uh, yeah, they're, they're, I can't remember them. I'm I'm old and things are slipping out That's of my right. brain. I'm scared. But, uh, but somebody's, somebody's listening is going, Daniel, why are you asking about no, food? No, no, no. I think what it's well, interesting. What else is there? Uh, <laughs> well, when you're on tour, like, you know, if you think about it, like the only, how long was the show? Like three hours three or so? Hours. The rest of the time, you know, what are you doing? You're with the cast and, you know, you're no. building this family or? No, I mean, not necessarily. People, you know, there were some people who liked to socialize, some people who didn't. Mm. People tend to find their friends and hang out with them a lot, you mm. know. Um, I, I shared a dressing room with two hilarious guys and we tended to, to make plans during the day to do stuff together, you know, mm. or like there were two guys who had dogs on tour. So they, they ended up bonding, you know, people yeah. just, the just, dogs or the guys, both. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, although it took the dogs a little longer. They were, like, <laughs> not sure. they were a little diva. Uh, so it, it really isn't like, Hey, we're what I, th- I thought it was going to be, Hey, we're one big happy family. We want to hang out. Some, sometimes it's like uh, seeing you at the theater is enough and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, the show was three hours. Mm-hmm. You have to get there at least half hour before. But since since we're dancing a lot and you know people are there going there stretching, so that so there's that. And then you know it tended to be like a like a four and a half hour evening. You know, yeah. Um, and then of course you've got to find some place that's open at eleven o'clock at night for dinner, <laughs> because I I can't eat before I sing. No, you know, right. and so I I would have eaten at around four o'clock in the afternoon. And then it's like, I'm, I'm ravenous. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Denny's? Where's the best pie place? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so there was one, when we played Flint, there was really no place open, oh, right? Wow. There was this one Chinese restaurant, but their kitchen had closed by then and they were just serving drinks. We're like, okay, fine drinks. And after a while they caught on and they started making plates of, oh. uh, of egg rolls. We're like, we'll buy all of the egg rolls you can make. <laughs> Give wow. yeah. us all the egg rolls. All the egg rolls. And they were like, score. That's, that's so nice. But yeah, so that's your... <laughs> that's that's the that's the restaurant question. So and, and, and then we're then you know depending on the tour, sometimes every week you're packing up and moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last tour I did, which was Les Mis, we most of our stops were one weekers. So that means on your day off you're traveling. Mm. You know it's an intense schedule, but right. I loved it. Right. I loved it, but it's it's intense. And sometimes you forget what city you're in. That does happen. Right. And and you did write a book called Letters from Backstage. Did I? That, yeah, I, I believe you did. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny you say surprise because I was talking about how things happen by accident. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to take my friends along on the road with right. me because it was like the adventure of a lifetime. So every city I would write what would now be a blog, but we didn't have blogs back then. So it was just a long email, but like short stories about funny things that happened backstage or the nature of the town or the mood of the cast. Or just you know, And people started sharing them with each other. And I grew this readership. And somebody said you know, you should make this a book. I'm like, nobody wants to read this shit. Please don't bother me. <laughs> and people nag me about it. And I said, all right, I'm going to shut you guys up and send out a book proposal. This is how my life goes a lot. Right. Yeah. And so this publisher called, this never happens. Like if you wanted to be a published author, this would never happen. Publisher calls and says, we want to do your book. I said, what book? <laughs> yeah, like, Normally it's flipped. This right. is Michael Kostroff. Right. Are you sure you have the right, right. number? And then, then I was a published author, and I thought I'm gonna have to get like leather patches on my jacket, elbows, or <laughs> start, start teaching at Princeton. I have to smoke a pipe. <laughs> yes, know. wear a tweed jacket. I think that's so great because, again, like I told you at the beginning, there's not enough books. I think of like people in it, 
and right. talking about being there and just sharing those moments. It's not about, well, when you're on tour, you want to make sure that you're always, right. but it's actually like, so this happened. This is the real, and, the yeah, real this deal. This is what yeah. it's like. And yeah. I, I mean, and so I talk about some stuff that's, that's not the most admirable things I've ever done. You know, right. th- times when I fooled around on stage and then decided I really didn't like how that felt. Right. You know, and, and it's in there. I'm, I'm very candid. That's great. I'm now like I'm now a triple author, which is like what? <laughs> I didn't go to college. Well, I don't understand what happened. You well, know, forced you to write these. Things. I know they've actually been around. told to tell you to stop. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> no, I'm actually. I can't believe I'm working on a fourth book. But again, it's it's just like what you said about the podcast. There's a book that I wish was out there that isn't, and I wish to God somebody else would write it. But it's not out there, so I want to write it. And what's, and what's this new book about? If I'll speak about it, even though it may never happen. But uh, there is not, believe it or not, a stage actor's handbook. Mm. A book that, ha- and by the way, if anyone listening knows of it, please spare me having to write it. <laughs> um, um, but I, I want there to be a book that has our, you know, the stage world is so exciting, and like to, there should be a book that has our superstitions, our protocols. There are things that get passed down, like we have a tradition called "Take the fucking note." Mm-hmm. You know, when you're at a note session, to not spend time questioning it and ask, you know, while, yeah. while everybody else is waiting to go to lunch. But people don't know that. How yeah. do you find that out? Somebody tells you. Yeah. And, and so and, and just like who can give you a note and, you know, just the different protocol, stage door etiquette and you know all these things. So I'm I'm collaborating with a friend. I can't believe I'm doing it because I really never wanted to be an author. But uh, that sounds fascinating. Yeah. I, I think it should exist. Yeah. I'm pr- pretty sure I was on stage for a show back at, I think, in college where this one guy who was kind of new to the acting world and he kept asking questions i think at one point we also just take the note like all take together we, yeah. we got so frustrated yeah. like we want to leave right mm-hmm. right don't well, discuss it uh no. i was in uh i studied meisner last year and one of the things the studio told us is just just listen to the note don't talk back if you have a question about it come up to us afterwards right but take the note Take Don't talk back. Just listen there are a lot and of take like it. That. How do you learn that it's not cool to upstage? How do you learn that? Mm-hmm. You know, right? So I want that book to exist. Uh, and maybe you'll be the one writing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> looks like I will. But I'll let you know if somebody does email us. <laughs> let yeah. us know. Please. Um, someone should tell Mr. Kostroff there's an entire library. I, seriously. <laughs> if, there's if, already if, a book if, like that, and he should know this because he was. If there is one book like that, I'd be so glad. <laughs> I want it to exist. There should be something that when, when, when a kid goes, I want to be a stage actor, you're like, okay, here's the book. Right. Uh, people would be very mad. I, t- I talked about the producers and you mentioned, you know, surprised I didn't bring up the wire, <laughs> but people would be very mad if I don't bring up the wire. We would be. Um, uh, so I'm going to ask this question because I was thinking, how do I talk about this in a way that you probably have never talked about it in That'll a different nice. way? And so <laughs> I, I've seen the show. I've seen I've, I'm, I'm on season four. Uh, it's a great show. But I'm going to ask this question like someone who's never seen the wire and is feels like, why should I see the wire? Everybody oh. talks about it. It's so great. Why should I see The Wire? I I mean, I, I love the show. I'm a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. If I was not on it, I would be just as much of a fan of the show. Um, and it's an unusual show in several ways because it is not, I think he avoids a lot of manipulation because you'll get through the first episode and go, meh. Mm-hmm. And by the third episode, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. because it, it's like a novel. But I, to me, there are many answers to your question. <laughs> I mean, I think the best answer is a lot of people say it's the best show ever on television. That's why you should watch it. Um, or, or, you know, if there are uh, single straight ladies or gay men out there, Idris Elba is your answer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'll, t- uh, I'll tell you this. His character was what got me hooked to yeah, the show. It's a really interesting. Because character. he's such like when it, you reveal it, it, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the show from, you know, 10 years ago. Close your ears. Yeah, uh, close your ears. 
that when you reveal like he's going to night school, like business yeah. night school. That's not a big spoiler. To, yeah, right. Yeah. So, but like to learn how to be a better drug dealer. Well, so this is this is this is the the, the my my big answer to to your question mm-hmm. about why to watch it. I, it's one of the only it's the only show I've ever seen where it's not oh these are the drug dealers. Each one is an individual character. You see good and bad in almost every character. Mine is one of the few where I never saw the good side of this guy. But uh, I love that. Like there's one guy who's um, the main hitman for the for the gang. Mm-hmm. He's a killer. On any other show, all you'd know is he's a ruthless, cold-hearted killer. It doesn't bother. But this guy, if he has to go out of town for a hit, he makes sure that somebody's taking care of his tropical fish. Mm-hmm. And this is and 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 it's got. Like every character has like, you know, the hero guy is a lousy parent and an alcoholic, you know, so it, it's and I love that. I love the, the, the characters are so well-rounded and so nuanced and it, it's um, uh, it's a great show. Anyway, I don't have to advertise it because, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't have to tell it's you. A, you know? it, it's a small like little thing that no one knows about. Right? <laughs> I mean, what yeah. how did that job affect your life? I think it made a big change in my life i think it, it really upped my visibility and uh, also led to a lot of lawyer roles mm-hmm. i've been playing a lot of lawyers <laughs> i think i told someone when i told somebody we were interviewing you they were like uh, who, who is that and i was like he's you've probably seen him play a lawyer a few times some, at some point i've been <laughs> in your point, living room trying or an case. officer right. of some sort yeah it's usually a lawyer I, I look like what people imagine lawyers look like so yeah i think that that you know again it was a it was a it was a level up you know um i i was not the star of the show it's not like Offers came pouring in, you know, is not none of that happened. Right. But but I think people are like, oh, from the wire. Right. You know, and that helps. Right. Well, I think, you know, it's so funny because uh, there's a show I listen to called How Did This Get Made? It's a podcast about terrible movies. Oh, okay. and they name dropped your character in one of the episodes. He's like, he's Maurice Levy from the wire. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm about to interview that guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm about to interview that guy. The plays that role. Wait, were they talking about a terrible movie? I was in? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. They're, they're like, they, it was, it was a side joke that had nothing to do. Oh, with okay. 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 Great. Um, they're like, he's Maurice Levy. And yeah. like, but, uh, so I just found it funny. I was like, yeah, I'm about to interview that guy. It's funny because, you know, after, a, a while after the wire, I, I did a commercial, uh, for Arby's or something. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, somebody posted on one of these, um, what do you call it? Like chat boards. Or, okay. yeah, uh, message, message boards. boards. Yeah. They're like, one of the Wire fans was like, well, you know, his career must not be going very well. Uh, you know, I, you know, and I, I, I did what most actors don't do, which is I like to engage. <laughs> so I wrote back, I said, you know, I know that you guys would really prefer that I was Maurice Levy for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But that's not paying my bills. Maurice right. Levy is not paying my bills. Mm-hmm. Commercials are really good money and that's a good job. They're like, mm-hmm. We didn't know that. I'm like, now you do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easy to be a critic when, you know, you don't know how hard this life can be. I, yeah. I really want you to go back to try to find that comment and just reply again and just go, FY update. I just worked with Robert De Niro. That's right. 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 So that's how it's going. Yeah. So things are going okay for Maurice Levy. But they, yeah. they really want us to be those characters for the rest of our mm-hmm. careers. They're mm-hmm. very unhappy about us turning up as anybody else. I'm right. like, guys, this is an acting career. So you have a very, I mean, long list of credits, uh, of working credits on, on IMDb. Um, and like I told you before, like when I was actually pursuing acting and really had that in my head, that was the actor I wanted to be was that actor that is working, yeah. just constantly working that people go, you, you were in that. Appears to be so constantly you, working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Six months later is a constantly working. And so I have to ask, you know, something that we talk a lot about on this show and we mentioned a little bit here and there already is this idea that people think when you have this big 
iconic role or, or visible role, you've made it. You you were Maurice Levy on the wire, so now you are going to skyrocket. You're going to be in a Spielberg movie. You're going to lead or a you're, Scorsese film. You're playing film. Robert De Niro's brother. Yeah, like yeah. immediately right after. And it's it has this uh, idea. You know, I have a friend of mine who was on Glee. He was a not a main part, but a featured extra role. He had a solo in one of the songs, mm-hmm. and people thought like he he's going. And he's like, no, he's still work, trying to get roles. He's teaching at a school, you know. And it's 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 not a, it's not a instant thing like i get a big role and i'm out there so i guess my my question is you like what was your idea and maybe you answered this already but your moment of making it or what is your definition of making it or does that even exist it does and i i think it's probably different than other people which is how i live that's how i roll (laughs) um you know i i think there is a very great danger for actors that of never being satisfied Mm -hmm. And I've always gone, yeah, but I haven't done this. Yeah, but I haven't done. Yeah, but it's only a line. Yeah, but it's only two lines. You know, and you can you can really build a very miserable existence that way. And I, I, people think I'm joking when I say I, I benefited from low expectations. I really think it's insanely wonderful to get hired to act. Period. Mm -hmm. So my idea of making it is that, Mm -hmm. like, the fact that I've gotten that anybody besides me thinks I'm a good actor, that's making it. The fact that I've been paid to do this, crazy making it. The fact that I now don't have to wait tables or bartend, off the charts. Super making it. Off the charts. Yeah. There, are, So like right now where I'm sitting, there are things I, I want to do that I haven't done yet. I, have, I haven't been on Broadway. I, I, so I could be focused on, oh, yeah, but I haven't done that. And I could make myself really miserable. But I've done some amazing shit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I I I want to do a I want to be a series regular again. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's the stuff that I'm looking at. Going, uh, uh, I'm frustrated, but I I think I I. <laughs> it's funny that you use that phrase. I was on tour with Les Mis, right, and I always volunteer for all the press things. And we did this thing where I I was invited to go speak at a school to the kids, and the newspapers were there, and I was like I was being. Mis- did you go in character? Because that would no be no. School. I was like all, I was all fancy. I was a big fancy actor, and everybody was impressed. And it all ended, and this kid comes up to me like you know eleven years old or whatever. Mm-hmm. He says, "Can I have your autograph?" I'm like, "Sure, of course, of course." And then he goes, "You know, in case you ever make it." and then and then you went in backstage and started crying i thought i was doing all right so uh, this kid crushed your career for several years so i you know i know this may sound sappy but to me to even be able to wear the badge of an actor to be able to say i'm officially a professional actor is like i don't I'm, i'm i feel like somebody's rolling their eyes right now listening to this but that's honestly how i feel you know, and, and that helps me sustain and not feel. If you get into a place of feeling entitled, you're fucked. Yeah. Uh, well, in preparation for this interview, uh, we've mentioned Inside Acting Podcast. You did four episodes on there, and Daniel and I we were texting this week, and uh, one of the things that really hit me was when you said something to the effect of, "I'm an actor. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, right? right? I'm an actor," and that hit me so. Hard because I've got I've gone through those dry spells of like um, I'm doing all these other things to make money or whatever side hustles, but I'm not working on anything as an actor. And Daniel, that was just such a nice thing for me to hear of like, no, you're an actor regardless of what it is that you do. You know, we forget all the time. Not everybody does what we do, whether you're employed or not. 
the fact that you can take somebody else's words and make them sound like yours, the fact that you know how to figure out what makes a character tick, that that's what makes you an actor, the, the, the impulse to want to do it. A lot of people think they want to do it, but they wouldn't really want to do it, you know? Um, I, I remember years and years ago when I was I was just doing extra work and I hadn't had any professional jobs. The, the uh, star of the TV show happened to be near near me and he said, so you want to be an actor? And I said, I am an actor. He goes, oh yeah, what have you done? I said, I don't need any credits. I'm an actor. I said, I, I, said, I, I don't have to really justify my, myself as an actor. That's who I am. He went, oh, <laughs> that guy's not, not around anymore. <laughs> I love that so much. I, it's, just, it's just like the complete ownership of just like, this is me. Well, it's and, the same thing that makes us like when people say, so what are you up to? We're like, oh, well, I had this audition and I did this uh, thing. You were like always trying to justify. I, I'm legit. I'm legit. I'm in the picture. And I've made myself not answer the question that way. Like, I, I'm like, my God, there must be other things to talk about. So people were like, what are you up to? I'm like, well, um, I went to Harry Potter World the other day. It was <laughs> yeah. really cool. You know? yeah. Well, it's, it's the same thing when people ask, how are you? Yes. And like a lot of people, the first thing they do is, well, I'm working on this. Like, I didn't, I didn't ask what you're working yeah. on. I asked, how are you? Yeah. Like, I would rather say, it's been a strange time. I've been out in L.A. not doing much and flying back to New York for work. And, you know, that's the reality. It's a much more interesting conversation. I feel like I went way off on a tangent. No, that's fine. No, this is what the, the show is about, tangents. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this show could really call me the we tangent. We do a whole episode then you of listen to you and You're like, we never finished that. We never really got to that thing I started talking <laughs> about. Asked him what a favorite bar was, and he just went off on Harry Potter World for right. some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Their butterbeer is fantastic. So, oh speaking, you know, I as, went yesterday, seriously. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I just uh, went uh, I've never. I, I, I still haven't gone, and it's, it's driving me insane. I want to go so bad. So much fun. Michael, me and you next time. Let's go. We'll share a bottle of uh, butterbeer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's, let's go. Right <laughs> let's go right I mean, now. What, let's what take, are we doing right let's now? Let's take this on the road. Um, so as a working actor and as you've kind of evolved over the years. Yes. <laughs> can you please answer this in your most classical Shakespeare voice? Yes. <laughs> or, um, or a wizard. <laughs> how do you keep how do you keep your talent and your yourself fresh as an actor as you go through even the lulls or as you grow, how do you evolve yourself? What do you do to stay strong? So the very honest answer is I don't know that I'm really good at that. That's the, that's the truth. I, um, I, I am finding that coaching really is like my acting class now. I'm cause I'm always doing the detective work with the client and figuring things out. And I, I didn't, I only really recently realized that's really feeding me artistically. I'm not the best at this. You know, in these interviews, people always give some slick answer. Right. I, um, you know, I uh, I wrestle with low self-esteem. I'm on medication for depression. I go through really big dips where I'm like, have trouble with the downtime and don't know how to fill it. I'm getting better at it. Um, but I, I do things like, like right now I'm putting together a database of all the regional theaters because I want to do more directing. So I have projects like that. That's that's great. That's great. Yeah. And one of the things, one of the things that my wife has been great about is I'll be like, oh, I didn't do anything today. She's like, wait a minute, you coach somebody, right? I'm like, yeah, but she's like, yeah, oh, hang on. She's like, and you did some research on this thing. You, you know, you're working on a book. I'm like, she's like, that's working. You didn't get, you know, it's not all in income. I'm like you're right. That's what that's what the life of a creative looks like. But I am, um, you know, I I I I don't study and feel like I should. You know, that's the that's the truth. It's it's messy. It's not a, it's not a simple answer. Well, it's so interesting you say that because I feel like as creatives, we look at results. We that's what we right. st we stand on is results. If I write something but I don't finish it like completely, I don't feel like I've done it. 
right. because the result's not there. And so I think one of the things that we've talked about doing, especially Anton on our outline here, is celebrating those small wins oh, of I wrote I yeah. wrote three pages today yeah. and it was okay. Like they're not great, but they're okay pages and I can work with them. You know, like I, I, I write also, I have a, I have a blog, I have these books and you know, so you have I, books, I, right? I, I, three books. I think I recall. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard someone tell me he's working on a fourth. <laughs> uh, but there are days where, you know, my, my brain just doesn't want to write. And right. if I sit and do a paragraph, I'm like, that's good. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I think that, I think you're onto something really good. Like it's also what I talk about in my audition class is the audition is the, is a thing. Right. It's its own performance. Not everybody could do that shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And and we we won't pat ourselves on the back unless we get a callback and then unless we get a role, which never happens. That's like right. Haley's comment. Mm-hmm. And we, we this is what I mean about being harsh with ourselves. I'm like, you just suited up and became another person for a few minutes. <laughs> Shut up. That's great. <laughs> um, and I think this is also something I'm working on for myself when you talk about like sustaining, like recognizing that when I'm, you know, Writing, writing my blog, which is just for fun, or you know, or doing the the little things that I am inclined to negate. Mm-hmm. Going, no, this is actually what this life of being a creative looks like. Mm-hmm. I get a TV job at at this point; it's a nice chunk of money, and then I don't work for a while, and that's the pattern. That's how it is, mm-hmm. and that that's got to be okay. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I, th- I think we're we're constantly work in progress, like yeah. just constantly, because even if there is a result, you're in the middle of something else already but i think it's important to let oh god we're gonna sound like deepak chopra it's <laughs> so not me well welcome so, to the so not soulful me. podcast I, 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 I hate when i sound like this but um but relishing the journey <laughs> i mean it and and get uh, out <laughs> and if, i hate myself right now i'm a disgrace to new york city uh relishing the journey and sort of appreciating the accomplishments you have made and what you are doing because there isn't anybody anywhere in this business no matter how successful who can't tell you what they haven't accomplished yet and right. what they what their failures are mm. absolutely and this would be a perfect opportunity to just share your workshops uh, you have Audition Psych 101, uh, Comedy for Serious Actors, and then the most recent one that I discovered, which was the Five and Under. Right. Um, wh- would you? Uh, what What can you say about these workshops? Um, um, Audition Psych 101 uh, uh, was one of the many things that I didn't know that I had that somebody made me do. Uh, a friend said, you know, teach this class. And I said, what class? She said, every time I have an audition, you tell me something that saves my ass. So <laughs> because I was a, a petrified, insecure terrible auditioner over over the years i have had to work with that and it turned out that i (laughs) managed to work myself into really loving auditions so i i've been teaching this for 13 years all over the country it's now out in book form audition psych 101 and it's really about the mental side of the audition process and it's really taking apart some of the mythology and some of the stuff that we don't really need to do to ourselves that doesn't really make sense and part of what makes it work is I'm usually teaching it to a group of like 30, 40, 50 actors and they get to go, oh, my God, I'm not the only crazy one. We all do this, yeah. you know. Um, uh, so that one that and that's mostly it's it's mostly just a like an interactive lecture. Sure. Um, and I, I all of these were born out of necessity. I am. Um, I've coached a lot of people who say they're not good at comedy. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been interesting approaching comedic material with them using their tools. I'm a very sort of instinctive comedic guy. And and I, as we've been hearing on this podcast, Oh my God, I'm hilarious. (laughs) Um, Depression. What else? Poverty. (laughs) All funny. Anxiety. Funny shit. (laughs) 
I ain't material. <laughs> this will um, be the quote at the beginning of the episode. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> All funny. All funny. Um, uh, so it's just that that's a scene study class that I, I love doing. It's a I, I found I find it's best as like a two day intensive and uh, approaching it from a dramatic actor's point of view, because one of the things I've, I learned a lot teaching this class, one of the things is in comedy, it's rarely funny to the character. It, if you can play, you know, Felix Unger with the same same degree of commitment and seriousness that you would do Willie Loman, mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the same thing with the, the five and unders. I, I find some of the hardest parts to audition for are when it's just a few lines. It's maddening. And I've, I've ha- I'm, I'm happy to say that I have clients who come to me for those. I think they're very smart because sometimes we'll spend an hour working on, on, on that part. Uh, and again, I'm, I try to pull them away from, oh, I've got to get right. There's a right. It's the right way to do it. Um, and again, I, I, with scene study, I, I bring in sides that are like one line, two lines, nothing, you know. And um, uh, and yeah, and I just do them around. Like I, I, whenever it's been a while, I'll rent a space and, and, and do it. And wherever I am, like when I'm away doing a play, I, I always make sure to do it. Well, one of the things I love, and I went to the website, and the website's really great, by oh, the way. I, I forgot to say the website. Yeah, right. the, the website's great, auditionpsych101.com. One of the things I really love about your uh, uh, workshops and something you mentioned on other stuff is that you don't like to, you want to make sure this is available for everyone. Yes. And you actually have like an honor system type payment mm-hmm. on there. How does that work if, if someone can't afford I, you know, I feel I feel like and you don't charge a lot like I just want to make it known like you don't charge a ton you charge a very reasonable amount you're it's not like three hundred twenty five dollars no for god one no. day no I you know I, I I find just from having been in the struggle myself mm-hmm. there are endless opportunities to part with your money as an actor and there are lots of people lined up to say <laughs> to oh take it pay me this yeah pay me this much mm-hmm. and I'm going to show you the key to the you know mm-hmm. Uh, not I don't offer the key to anything the key you know to big box right um I I, I will not line up to gouge actors. I just won't do it. So I, I keep the price low deliberately. Um, I had a hard time even starting to charge, but you know, I do now. <laughs> um, um, and and what I do is I, I, I know that there are always broke actors who need the class. And, and so I, there's a link. I, I was, I loved when I figured out the technology so they don't have to <laughs> apply for a discount. They can right. just do it right. and, and put in the amount that they can, you know, a pay and I, you know, I don't think people take advantage of it. I think they respect it, and I just don't want anyone to not take the class because of finances. I, I always, if somebody needs a comp, I comp them. I, and it's, yeah, it's it's part of it's part of my mission. I also, I really want to get this to as many people as possible. Right, and I think you even said on IEP. I think uh, Trevor was very hesitant to say anything about the workshop, and you're like, please share it share anything you learn from this part oh this workshop yeah to oh yeah i don't it's not proprietary i mean you know again i'm not trying to get rich off this thing i i really mm-hmm. i cannot tell you like i've gotten so many emails from so many actors in so many cities actors at all levels mm-hmm. and you respond how did you get my email uh, that's right <laughs> uh, like i'm gonna have to move um no and 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 i you know, the stuff that they say to me about how the class was valuable to them, because it's, a, you know, my approach is a no bullshit approach. I, I, I hate classes that are like, we're going to tell you how to book a job. Yeah. We're going to tell you how to, how to crack the system, how to, how to, you know, this is bullshit, you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like one of the services I provide is being a guy who, yes, you've seen me on TV and I'm one of you and there's not a big difference between me and you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and let's, let's talk real talk. <laughs> You know, let's sit in a circle and just let's just let's just gab. It's yeah. kind of like that. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't buy into any guru shit. 
Mm-hmm. It's not, I just don't believe in that. Right. I just really enjoy sharing it. And and the book was because I was I was getting emails from people in Australia saying, "When are you coming?" I'm like, "I'm probably not." <laughs> so now the book is available, and it's yeah. it's you know it's it's the class in book form. And, and I. I, we are going to be launching it as an online class oh, nice. next oh, year. Fantastic. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, and you, right. and you yeah. have videos that you put out weekly, I oh, believe, right? So what I started doing was um, uh, my class is already four hours. Mm-hmm. And then I keep thinking, getting these other new ideas of things that people need to hear about auditioning. And so I've started doing these little videos that are like five minutes, eight minutes long about the minuscule, micro, minuscule microscopic i was about to say micro microscopic that's pretty that's good super super that's, that's super small <laughs> this is like i yeah. mean twitch your eye this way right <laughs> um and i put and i i put them up for free they're right. they're, they're they're available to everybody they're like five minutes, yeah they're, they're quick five minutes long. they're yeah. quick and yeah. it's on things like how to process if you're running late you know which is which used to freak me the fuck out and it turns out you don't have to freak out because they're usually running late you know it's, it's little things like that yeah i even love the one you it was like there there was a very brief one about like you know if you're just not feeling it that day just go in and do it anyway. do it fake yeah. it you know yeah fake it till you make it baby um so i i uh i i now have recorded uh, I, i'm gonna have a year's worth Wow. So that there will be a new video every week. That's fantastic. And it's, you know, it's enabling a lot of people to get to know me who don't know who I am. So, you know, who might want the class and it's, right. you know, but I, I, I love doing them. Right. And, and again, mentioning the website, uh, you have a section that's just articles and quotes yeah. and videos yeah. from all sorts of actors and, and people that and, and, and articles. That's just, I mean, a ton. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's, it's the goodies page and I don't know yeah. if anybody ever checks it out, but I, I oh, we checked it out. Uh, great. It's got like good quotes and things and it's got some really cool stuff. There's yeah. a great video in there that I've seen before from Brian Cranston that I've, I've seen before. That's a fantastic video. I love the video and people always say, did he take your class? Cause his, his <laughs> philosophy is exactly it's mine. Very similar. Yeah. Exactly mine. Well, uh, one of the things I mentioned, you know, is that we, we are trying to, uh, find ways to support the small wins that people have. Yes. And so we want to support your small wins that you, you have made recently. Have, do you have this last week, any small wins that you feel like I did this, I got this done, or I, w- I started this yes. that we can celebrate? Yes. And of course it's not going to be what you expect. No, absolutely not. So taking myself to universal. Hey! To- I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Cause I don't, I have a hard time doing things that are just fun. I feel like I have to be productive all the time. <laughs> It actually was a big accomplishment. I grabbed a friend who turned out to be a Harry Potter nerd. And also, I can say this because I'm not going to say her name. She she just lost a friend to cancer and she's oh. been really going through it. And she said, it's the first time I've come out and had fun. And wow. so I was like, I, I know it's weird to say that's an accomplishment, but for me no, it that's is because yeah. I tend to be so intense. And so like work, 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 work. Right. So that was a that was a big thing. And 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 uh, this monumental job of creating a database of of regional theaters. Hey. That's a big deal. That's incredible. That's I, just that I got started on it as an accomplishment. That's fantastic. Yeah. So well, th- that's that's that. one thing. Do I get to hear your accomplishment? Oh, uh, I want to Ma- know. Michael, what have what have, what's been a small win for you this year? This week? Um, well, uh sent out the save the dates uh, for the wedding and already had some friends like send me pictures of them receiving it haven't sent yours out yet because I'm going to include something Um, so got that done and so that was a big relief Um, also had a performance Uh, I'm currently doing It's a Wonderful Life the radio play and then without knowing we found out Thursday night that a Broadway producer came to see it because apparently he's specifically looking for radio adaptations What's of his It's name a Wonderful Life. Guffman? 
Perhaps I think so. I think so. But apparently, you'll like, be he, waiting for a while for he, him. He's looking in particular for adaptations of "It's a Wonderful Life" in a radio format to take onto Broadway. Right. Nice. And like, they didn't tell us about this. We went up and did the show as usual, and then we found out afterwards. And I was like, "Wow, that's pretty incredible. Yay! That's fun." Woo! <laughs> what about you, man? Uh, so I'm wor- currently working on a script with a friend of ours, also named Mike. Uh, funny enough. Um, and we are, uh, you know, it's, uh, as, as all scripts are, they evolve and they change and we figured out some problems this week and figured out some solutions that's huge. to Yay. those problems. That's, woo, that's woo, big. Woo. Uh, also I've been, uh, over the y- last year, I've been un- full-time unemployed over the last uh, year or so. Is that, are we celebrating that one? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. You let, you let me <laughs> yeah. Well, it's given me a lot of time to work on scripts hey, and stuff, which good. is great. But, uh, I've been temping here and there with a production company that, uh, does a lot of made for TV movies and stuff like that. And I've tempted in their production uh, uh, department and also their business and legal affairs department. And today, yesterday, their head of business legal brought me in and um, asked me more about like what I want to do and where I want to be. And basically said, I'll start working on some contacts for you to try to find Whoa, work wow. for you. So I found another ally Yay. in my job search. And, you, and, and it was like what we were talking about before. You did it organically yeah. without schmoozing. No, no. no, I didn't. I didn't ask anything. And over the past year and a half, like they just keep bringing him back. Yeah, I've been there. I, I started and, uh, I was supposed to do a three week run start in April, I believe, was when it started. Yeah. And I ended up being there for three months. And then my that time ended. And then they've called me back here and there for two, three, one day, you know, runs, which has been so beneficial because being unemployed, it's and then the same actual lady connected me to her son who did videography for a ballroom dancing competition company. And I did videography with them for a while because I learned new skills. This is great. So, yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's that branching. Like you said, it's that it's that winding path. It's not a straight line. It's exactly. this person, this person, I call it like leap, leap padding, like leapfrogging and leap, you know, you're just yeah. lily padding. You're going from one to another and hopefully one of those just branches off to something else and something greater. So it's awesome. Thank That's, you. Uh, the surprises yeah. are the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's been fantastic. So after this journey with us, Michael, yes. at the I beginning, feel that I've finally have started <laughs> my career in earnest. Uh, yes. <laughs> at the beginning, you go, I don't really know what this hustle means. Yeah. What? How would now that you've kind of talked to us and we've gone through this introspective life, do you feel like you have a, your own definition for what the hustle is? Uh, I think uh, I think my definition for the hustle is paying attention to where you are in the present and enjoying the journey and uh, celebrating your these little baby victories, even if it's getting out of the fucking house mm-hmm. and recognize and kind of um, uh, recognizing that, you know, an artist artist journey is hard and giving yourself a little credit, a little pat on the back and a little, little patience and all that stuff. To me, that's, that's, that's keep, that's sustaining yourself through the hustle. Yeah. I love, I think I love that. I think that idea of just a little patience and a pat on the back. Yeah. Like that is so, such a simple way to put, I think what we talk about for hours. We're so, we're so, we're stingy with ourselves about this stuff. I find. But I I also love like being in the present Mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. That for me, I get so bogged down of like regrets or things that I'm not doing or whatever. Me too. Just so you know, I do too. yeah. Yeah. But I think it's so important to just be present. You know, and be with the people that you're sitting at the table with and just be open. Well, like I said, you know, my, I'd get a, a job on TV. My friends will like say, hey, maybe they'll have you back. It'll become recurring. I'm like, maybe they will. But this week I'm working. I'm doing Look, it. I just want to enjoy it this week. Yeah. 
you know, don't look too far ahead. Live in the now. Live yes. in the present. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on here. It's, it's been just an enormous pleasure to chat with you. Uh, where, again, once again, where can people find you? Oh, where can I, people find your auditions? All right. I open, <laughs> I, I'm opening my laptop. He's, he's, They're laughing at me because I, I... No, no. I'm, I'm laughing because I know you were prepared. I always, <laughs> so. forget, the, I always forget what my things are. I mean, so, I, I can tell your Twitter. I know that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so auditionpsych101.com is my uh, website for my class. And also, that's where the weekly videos are. You can subscribe to just the weekly videos. There are two subscription opportunities. I'm, I'm just going to go through all this. Yeah. So you can subscribe to the weekly videos, but also you should subscribe to the mailing list for my classes because I keep separate lists for every city and I can let you know when the class is coming there. Uh, my Twitter is the at the real Kostroff. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and um, what else? What else do I have? Your Instagram, I believe, is just Michael Costro. Uh, probably so. I don't. I'm, I, I'm very bad about being we'll, on there. We'll be promoting all of your social yeah. media. So <laughs> when this comes uh, out, just just look at the. I know. <laughs> I, I handle our social media. Do you need me to handle your Instagram? Probably I can, I can so. do it for you. <laughs> probably so. Um, small fee. I have. I have a. Yeah, I have an audition psych one one Twitter, which is at audition psych. Mm. I just I had to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's I think that's all the things I have. And once again, your auditions are super uh, uh, affordable. You also have kind of an honor pay what you can program, yes. which is fantastic. So if anybody really is struggling financially but wants to take it, I think he's more than welcome to have you. And and you know if you're not in the city where these workshops are happening, as we just learned in this interview in 2019, there will be some type of online platform will. Uh, to yeah. experience this lecture. Oh, and there's the book. So so that's Amazon on you know the usual things yeah now before we go yes uh one of the games one thing we do we like to end with a game because it's fun as and there's no math oh, no okay. no math yeah uh you there is num- numbers involved very simple okay. so uh before facebook but after friendster there was a wonderful place that people put all their information on called myspace it would take hours for people's profiles to load as you listen to God as one of us playing. And you would, you would lose friendships over top, top six and top eight friends. Uh, one of the things that was great about MySpace was people would go to be bored. And they would also go to take tests that were before BuzzFeed where there were no results. You would just put information down for people to see and you'd post it. Well, I found one of these quizzes. It's 167 questions. I'm not asking you all 167. Oh, well, I, want, I, want, I want to hear all the questions. <laughs> I mean, if you want, we can go through it, but that's a whole other hour. Uh, but I'm going to have you uh, choose six numbers between one and 167 and ask you these questions. Now, the rules of this game are no explanation. Uh, no matter how crazy it is, I just want answer and we move on to the next question because in the long run that's funnier that's hard for me but okay (laughs) if there is one that has a really cool explanation then we'll go with it but so michael kostroff are you ready for your myspace quiz i'm ready okay what is your first number sir it's my wife's favorite number 49 49 all right here we go have you have you ever turned someone down for a date yes all right next number 117. 117. All right, let's go here. Have you ever seen someone you knew and purposely avoided them? Yes. <laughs> Exp- now you can explain this. One. <laughs> all uh, all uh, next number. Oh, um, 67. <laughs> Decisions are hard. It's like you yes. hate, you almost you hated that number, like you didn't want to say it. I didn't like it. Oh, there, there you go. We've talked about this many times through this podcast. Have you ever been depressed? Yes. All right. <laughs> Next number. And now I'm depressed right now. No. Uh, no. Thanks, no. Hollywood. <laughs> 81. 81. All right. Mm-hmm. 
can you spell well? Yes. I was hoping you'd be like, yeah, W E L. Uh, you too missed, easy. You missed the comment. <laughs> too uh, easy. Sure, too. Uh, Sometimes you got to throw the easy ones back. <laughs> what number, what's your uh, next number? 19. 19. All right. And that question is what is your most visited webpage? The webpage you visit the most? Uh, it's a Scrabble site, and I don't remember the website. <laughs> it's it's so embedded. I just click on it and go there. I spend hours on it All right. playing Scrabble. You just start online. typing like the first letter and just. It's to there. Yeah. I'm, it's there. It's- and your final question the num- final number for your question and it play- make it in the 100s please oh, in the 100s yep 122 122 i felt good about that one Uh-oh. he's laughing though now i'm nervous <laughs> it's, just, it's the most ridiculous question to oh, ask good. you <clears throat> yes this is going to be news if it's true have you ever gotten pregnant <laughs> not that i know of <laughs> I was hoping yes, and there is a story. We'll listen yeah, to that one. There. We'll listen to that explanation. I didn't tell you I was born a woman. <laughs> no, we didn't talk about that. We need to go back, uh, yeah. re- 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 back to one. Uh, Michael, thank you so much. It was this a has been fantastic. Uh, Michael, t- two. As always, <laughs> I, I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you being here as always. No, uh, this was such a pleasure, Michael, speaking with you uh, today. Uh, from listening to you on inside acting and watching all your videos and everything. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks. I love doing these things. So thanks uh, for having me. No problem. Uh, but we always end our, uh, episodes. Wait, you said the numbers thing was the end. <laughs> well, we have you, a sign off. We have a lot of endings. <laughs> we do have a lot we're of the, ending. we're the return of the king of podcasts. Right. <laughs> uh, we have a sign off that we always say to kind of inspire people and it's keep up the hustle. And so if you would join us in saying that here at the end, I'll count us down. We'll say it and that'll be our goodbye. Okay. All right. One, two, three, keep, keep up, up the hustle. That was our interview with Michael Kostroff. I first heard of Michael from listening to his interviews from our friends over at the Inside Acting Podcast. Now, Daniel and I made sure to cover different topics and aspects of his career. So if you want to learn more about Michael after listening to today's episode, please, please, please do yourself a favor and check out Inside Acting Podcast. And his episodes are 225, 226, as well as 296 and 297. Yes, this gentleman has so much to offer that Inside Acting brought him back for four episodes. He has so much knowledge to give, and we're so lucky to have had him on our show. It was also so difficult to edit this interview because there was just so many great stories that Michael shared. If you're in New York City, please check out his fantastic workshops. To sign up for his newsletter and to get more information about the many workshops he has to offer, check out Audition Psych 101. If you're in Los Angeles, subscribe to his newsletter anyway. He comes out to Los Angeles every so often and will always teach his workshops when he's here in LA. So definitely check it out. Join us next week for another edition of our Side Hustle 2.0, where Daniel and I will be getting together to share our thoughts on today's interview, as well as to check in on our own hustles, discussing what's inspiring us and what we're doing to elevate our game in this industry. These episodes are also our opportunities to answer any questions you may have or share comments that you have about the show. You can also email us at hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're tuning in on Anchor FM, you can actually submit an audio recording to us and we'll import that into the episode. That way, you can be in the show. As always, you can reach out to us on social media. On Instagram, we're at Hollywood Hustle Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at LA Hustlecast. You can also follow us personally on both platforms. 
I'm at Michael Lutheran, and Daniel is at Daniel Tuttle, T-U-T-T-E-L. And follow this week's guest, Michael Kostroff. He is at The Real Kostroff on Twitter, and on Instagram, he is at Michael underscore Kostroff. And Kostroff is spelled K-O-S-T-R-O-F-F. He is a man who wears a lot of hats and is open to share his experiences and insights about the industry. This episode was brought to you by Team Hustle. Daniel Tuttle is our executive producer, and Michael Lutheran is our podcast editor. We are also on the lookout for a third member to be a part of our team. So if you or someone you know who's an artist in Los Angeles and who would like to contribute to this show as a co-host and team member, please send over your or your friend's resume and links to your or their work to hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. As Michael said, allow yourself to be present and to enjoy the journey and to celebrate those small wins, guys. And always remember to keep up the hustle. (laughs) 